Okay, welcome to another episode of Itty Bitty Podcast. Um, we're moving right along with the Halloween-themed episodes. My guest this week is Sammy Castle. Um, he, he's got a company called Wreak Havoc Productions, so he's big into horror in all types of ways. So we talked a little bit about how he got into horror. Um, he wor- He's worked at, uh, at the same haunt for a little while. Um, we also talked about his podcast. He's a big fan of horror comics, so we kind of got all over the place. Um, UFOs, cryptozoology, so if you're big into that type of stuff, this is the episode for you. As always, if you've been liking the show, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out on social media, um, Instagram, um, Itty Bitty Podcast, on Twitter, at Itty Bitty Pcast for that one. Facebook. We've got a Facebook group that we just put up recently, so make sure you get on there and like and share um, with your friends. But remember, this is not a podcast about things that go bump in the night. This is the Itty Bitty Podcast. It's anything but, and it starts now. Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast! Well, Sammy Castle, thanks for coming on. Um, thanks this week, for having yeah, you had an interesting resume, so I was pretty pumped to talk to you. <laughs> I, 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 I have tend to find myself in all sorts of things. Well, um, I've, I've worked at Haunts before myself. Um, I'm really excited to get into it. This month I've been doing, um, you know, haunted type stuff, spooky type stuff. Um, so... Uh, let's get started, I guess, with um, you, you told me a little bit about it over Messenger, but what started your, your fascination into like, you know, the horror scene and all that type of, of uh, content? Uh, books. I actually, uh, reading really got me into it. Um, I was given at a young age um, these, these little books called Classics Illustrated. Um, they okay. were they were from the late seventies and they were called pocket size and they were made for, for boys cause you know, boys are a little bit hard to get them in reading. Um, so my mom at some point had, had picked up some of those and, um, she gave them to me. And the ones that I really liked, uh, were, were, uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley and, uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker. Uh, and then there was a Grimm's fairy tales one that told the real Grimm stories. Um, with illustrations every so often. Uh, and that's really kind of what, I don't know why I gravitated to it. Um, but the, the stories behind those characters were, were really what, uh, kind of got me going. And then later on, my mom started feeding me Stephen King books and, and that ruined me forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the grim, the grim stories, those ones are the, like the, the kind of fable stories with like Hansel Gretel. Is that correct? Yeah, Hansel okay. and Gretel and Hansel and Gretel was a grim, uh, grim fairy tale, but it was a lot darker than the Hansel and Gretel we know. Right. Yeah. Um, and you were into the, you started with the old school monsters first. That's what kind of got you into it. 
Yeah, I, I mean the 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 books did. Um, it was a little bit later on, uh, and I, I I can imagine uh, at some point in the late seventies, I probably watched a lot of those classic horror movies. Um, but uh, you know, back then we only had four TV channels, uh, and uh, you had ABC, CBS, CBS, and NBC, and then we had a local affiliate which grew into a fox affiliate but at the time it was just independent um and they on saturday nights they had elvira's uh oh, elvira yeah so um i kind of uh uh I, I went to my first haunted house at four um okay. my, i begged my mom to take me uh i made it uh that was back in the days when you could actually touch um oh, and yeah. i made it through the first room i made it down the first hallway with people grabbing me uh, I made it into the second room, and and now I know that it was just a guy standing on a bunk bed with curtains around it, and his head was stuck through the top bunk, and there was a bowl, a fish bowl around his head with green lights behind it. Um, and he told the story of the house, which was supposedly a real haunted house. And over in the corner, as soon as he got done with his his little spiel, a guillotine fell. It cut a head Ooh. off, and it rolled across the floor. <laughs> Uh, I jumped up, screamed bloody murder, and they had to take me out the front. Um, and uh, every year after that, I asked to go, and my mom refused to take me. Um, flash forward about four or five years later, it's about 78 or so, uh, I talked my dad into taking me to my local elementary school, which was putting on one as a fundraiser, um, and because my mom refused to. Um, and I went into the, I went through the first three, four buildings just fine. And I went into the, this kid jumped out in a werewolf mask. I'll never forget it. I was dressed like Luke Skywalker. I had a hard, uh, plastic sword. It was the old Ben Cooper mask. Uh, and right. it was just all plastic. Um, this kid jumped out on werewolf mask and I wailed into him with that sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that <house. laughs> uh, so as a kid, though, that must have fueled, uh, you know, your, when your parents tell you that you can't do something, it almost, you know, makes you more fascinated with it, more curious about it. And so were you in the meantime, when you weren't going to the haunted houses, were you, you know, just reading stories and getting into getting more in, in involved in horror stuff in other ways? Yeah, um, uh, I I got into comics uh, about the same time, and Marvel was really heavy into horror by then. Um, they were they were trying to revisit all those classic horror characters. So we had Tomb of Dracula, Werewolf by Night. Uh, they did a short little Frankenstein book, uh, 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 Vault of Evil, and War as Hell, and uh, uh, Weird War Tales from DC was pretty big um, around that time. So uh, I started getting into comics, and and that. I don't know. It's to me, horror is kind of an adrenaline rush. Um, you have so many basic emotions, uh, and fear is one of those basic emotions. Uh, and it, it's instead of skydiving, I like to scare <laughs> or be scared. I try to. Yeah, it, it's once once we reached um, the penultimate uh, area of horror in the eighties, maybe where, uh, and then real horror became greater than than fictional horror um we kind of lost a lot of it but so we're still always looking for that great jump that great scare yeah um i actually not really in preparation i was planning on doing this anyway this weekend but i checked out speaking of comic books and horror i checked out brightburn on saturday 
Um, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah. My, I showed it to my wife, my wife, you know, I, I pitched it to her as, you know, an evil Superman, but she didn't know it was going to be a kid. And so she was, it freaked her out the whole time. You know, this little kid as Superman, just destroying stuff was just super cool. I was pumped about that. And then we saw Joker yesterday. So we went and saw Joker, um, I won't spoil anything for you. It's amazing. Um, it was uh, really good. I really liked it, but it was, you know, very dark and it's it's um, almost almost you know horror-ish. So I I, I kind of got that crossover horror feel feel to it. So it's becoming more mainstream. I know horror comics right now. I do a little bit of speculating, and horror comics seem to be heating up um, here and there. So um, good horror comics for a while now. For probably yeah. five years or better. There's some really good horror stuff. I don't know too much about horror comics. I do collect comic books, but I don't. I, I really haven't got into horror comics much. And I'm really big into horror, so I'm kind of shocked that I've never taken that dive. But would you have any recommendations as far as what you like for horror comics? If you had to pick a couple to get into? Are you a Marvel or a DC guy? Let's get that. Man, I like I like both. I mean, I, I could go either way. So, uh, Cullen Bunn, who is uh, writing or was writing one of the X Men books up until recently, I think. Uh, Cullen does a lot of good horror stuff independently from Image. Um, uh, uh, he had, well, not him. Well, he had he had one called uh, Harrow County uh, that was kind of based here in North Carolina. Um, Tyler Crook was the artist. Uh, it's uh, a very uh, old school, almost like the witch, uh, kind of a period oh. piece. Uh, okay. Bit. Um, uh, but it's it's about a witch. Uh, uh, Scott Snyder, who did Batman for years, had one called Witches that kind of just ended, uh, but it was really good while it was out. Uh, Josh Williamson, who I think is writing Flash right now, um, mm. is uh, did a book called Nailbiter that Nailbiter. I love. Yeah, uh, uh, have you heard about this? The, no, it's a cool name. I'm 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 anticipating. The synopsis is there is a town in Oregon uh, that has bred seventeen serial killers. Okay. And, um, this investigative reporter goes in uh, to find out if he can figure out why so many serial killers have come from this town. The town has embraced all these serial killers, they actually have a store called the murder store where this guy sells trinkets and, you know, t-shirts and all this kind of stuff. Um, so the investigative reporter disappears. So his buddy is an army interrogator and he rolls into town and teams up with the female sheriff, um, whose high school sweetheart was a guy who turned into a serial killer named the nail biter. Um, mm. and he would, he would, uh, he would kill someone and then chew their fingernails off. Ooh. Um, and they they kind of visit all the serial killers. There's one called the Book Burner, and there's uh, there's a female one. Um, but in the course, in the early part of the investigation, uh, they find these hidden tunnels underneath the town. Um, and in one of those tunnels, they find uh, the the investigative reporter. Um, with his mouth sewn shut and his both his arms and both his legs cut off, but he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Gnarly. Yeah. Uh, I live up in the Pacific Northwest, and I, I t- talk all the time. I'm like, this is serial killer 
territory out here. There's there's nothing for miles. There's woods. I'm I I give my wife shit about it all the time. I'm like, there's just serial killers everywhere out here. Uh, so that sounds like something that's right up my alley for sure. So going back to so you're 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 a kid. You're you're into comics. You're into the haunted house. You get to go back after seven years, and then are you just hooked from then on from haunted houses? Are you like are you going all the time? I know. I don't think, I don't think I went to any more haunted houses for, for a pretty good while. Um, uh, maybe on up into, to my college years. Um, okay. okay. So you go as a kid and then you, it's a while again before you go. I was, I was really into the movies and stuff. Um, but again, I was, I'm from a very, originally I'm a, from a very small rural Virginia town. Um, so they only had one haunted house. And I think somewhere in my teens, they actually quit doing that. So, you know, we didn't have anything local to really go to. Um, and and being from rural Virginia, there's a lot of real life haunted houses. Right. Um, yeah. So we, we would do stuff like that in our teenage years. You know, there was there was an old house in town called uh, the Creasy Chapel House, which was on a road with a church called Creasy Chapel. And uh, uh, we we would go down down there for Halloween because it's this old spooky house in the woods, you know. Um, right. That was the kind of stuff we did. So I, I don't think I got into haunted houses. Um, ironically enough, thirty years ago, uh, the probably the next haunted house I went into is the haunted house I work at now. Um, okay. Yeah, I went there very first year, uh, me and a buddy of mine, and it's uh, uh, Dean and Star Jones who. Uh, Dean won a uh, Emmy for working on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine uh, for special oh. makeup. Yeah, and nice. they're from North Carolina. They came back and created this haunted house. Uh, the first year I went, it was really good. It was a lot of Hollywood sets. It's kind of small, um, but they were really the first ones around. Um, and I, I, I went in and I tell them when I ended up working for them years later, I told them that story. Uh, and we would go back every so often, but. Uh, uh, my wife, when I married her and the kids, uh, as they got a little bit older, we all kind of liked haunted houses. So we would go a lot. And you said you've been working at the one you're at now for 30 years. Yeah. The original. No, no, I haven't been there 30 years. Uh, no. they, they've been open 30 years. This oh, is okay. the anniversary. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I've been working there. This is my sixth or seventh season. Sixth or seventh season. I got in a light. <laughs> yeah, I did it when I was younger. I was in high school and I volunteered at one. I was a tour guide. I started off as a tour guide. You know, when the younger people usually would do that, you'd walk the people from the entrance through the woods and then from the woods, you'd leave them there for the next group to come through. And as you were walking back, you'd jump in on either side of the, the road and hide for the next group to come through and run out and scare them. And so I, I got into it immediately. I loved it. And then they asked me to fill in. So I filled in for the clown, uh, the clown room for one night. Um, that was a lot of strobe lights and I, I didn't really like it, but I liked being able to do one of the rooms. And so I did that for a couple of years, but it's, it's exhausting, especially if you're, if you're doing it as a volunteer. And so people don't really, um, understand what goes into those things, but, um, it's, they're a lot of fun when they're done right for sure. Yeah. It's the, you know, they brought a lot of their movie stuff back with them. Uh, so we have, we, we, we have movie ready sets for our rooms, uh, for a lot of them. Um, so it's very detail oriented. It's very, um, uh, um, 
intensive. Um, I, it's I've worked uh, all over the house at different times, um, uh, especially when you get again the first year I went down, I volunteered too, um, and then after that it became a paid position. Uh, but I I played the headless horseman. I played. The, I tell everybody the very first night I worked, um, they made me a zombie cowboy and stuck me outside on a long trail in a monsoon. We don't. Play- <laughs> no. No, we don't close for rain because a lot of it's inside. Um, it's just like probably the last fifteen or twenty minutes are outside. Um, so they needed. I was the new guy. And they stuck me outside, and I, and I, they they made me a zombie cowboy because it was raining, so they could give me a hat. Um, oh, and I, yeah. I huddled <laughs> up in a coffin and stayed as dry as I possibly could, um, and just yeah, I mean, we were slow. I think we had two or three groups, but still, we had two or three. Just added to the ambiance, though. I mean, going to a haunted house in the rain. Not, it gets spooky down there when it's raining. Um, when it's a monsoon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was like remnants of a hurricane. Oh, really? That bad? Jeez. Torrential downpour. <laughs> Customers. So, you know, with the show goes on. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, I ended up in the clown room. And, and I, for whatever reason, I took to that. And everybody uh, was like, okay, that's his job for, for the rest of the season is he's in the clown room. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about wreak havoc productions um so you you've produced a few movies is that correct yes uh we have um we have two features uh one horror movie and one documentary and then we've done i think six shorts now i've kind of lost count (laughs) between between doing that and acting for other people i kind of lose count of how many (laughs) how how much stuff i've worked on after a while Um, oh gotcha I, and I got in it kind of late. Um, uh, one of the local haunts had posted a, a casting call. Uh, they said they had a guy who wanted to make a short zombie film. And uh, they were looking for people to volunteer to play zombies. But they wanted you to do your own makeup and just kind of have the look already there. They, but it had a little caveat at the bottom that said, if you show up early enough, the staff at the, show, at the haunted house will will help you you know, finish out your makeup. So I looked at my wife and I said, um, honey, that's our 13th anniversary. How more appropriate would it be to play zombies, um, for our 13th anniversary? And she's like, Ooh. yeah, sure. why not? Let's go try it. You know? Uh, and our youngest, that's an awesome da- anniversary date. Yeah. <laughs> and our, <laughs> our youngest daughter was in college in the town where the, the haunted house was, is like 30 minutes from us. Uh, so we picked her and one of her friends up and we showed up three hours early with no makeup. We had just gotten clothes and they actually did a really good makeup on us. Um, that led into, I met the writer and director there that day. Um, we just spoke briefly. I show up on the, the behind the scenes for the, on the DVD. Um, and he, uh, so I started following all the social media stuff and about, um, two months later or so he said hey I, you know, I think I've got enough footage I can make a feature but I need to cast some more characters um, and he put up a casting call and one of, the, one of the characters was that creepy old guy that's in every movie it's like don't go up in them woods you kids you know, that kind of, <laughs> um, it said uh, he wanted somebody 50 plus or, and, and, and could look disheveled or crazy or something like that 
And I, so I just sent him a thing. I said, look, I've never acted um, other than what I did with you as a zombie. Um, I, I look older than 50, which I'm not. Um, and I can definitely do disheveled and crazy. Never heard anything back from him. About three weeks later, he emailed me back and he said, I've looked at the footage. I think I can cut you out of, uh, as a zombie enough. Um, come on. Let's, let's, here's the script. Uh, let's, you know, let's film this little movie. No budget. I mean, we had, he, he made it on his dime. Right. Um, I'm the type of person that if I get interested in something, I pick it up and run with it. Um, so I just started promoting the hell out of it. Uh, and, uh, we, from there, we kind of partnered up, partnered up a little bit, figured out that we were become pretty fast friends. Um, uh, he's in his early thirties and I'm almost 50. Um, but we had a lot of the same interests and a lot of the same, uh, kind of outlook on life <laughs> and, just became fast friends and we did a little short that that movie's called hank hank versus the undead hank um, versus the undead yep it's a zombie comedy uh we actually have texting zombies um texting. And, <laughs> yeah uh and it, not too far from like what's actually what what it actually is in real life well, and and that's kind of that was kind of the play on it was that you know all the kids nowadays just spend all their time texting on their phone um so what's going to happen when they die they're still going to start keep texting on their phone yeah just muscle memory <laughs> um so uh we from there we went on to make a, a short called hank versus dracula um where we brought our t- titular character hank back and which is which is my production partner's uh, uh brother-in-law uh he okay. he's he's played hank in both movies um and uh, after that, Dan sat down with me and said, uh, you know, you've you've done so much work on this stuff. He said, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to give you part of the company. Um, and it's, my hometown in Virginia really got behind it, too. Uh, so we had a screening up there and had almost 100 people show up for it. Um, so, you know, it's uh, being from a small town. Everybody knows everybody. I have a lot of resources. I have a lot of people who help. Um, I have a lot of people that just volunteer us, you know, at locations and uh, um, uh, just whatever we need, basically, if we if we don't mind traveling to Virginia a little bit. And, I, and I've cultivated a lot of friends here in North Carolina, too, that, that tend to help out a lot. Um, and... And I bet it adds to the atmosphere of the, the, the films to, to shoot in, you know, haunt, like locations. Like you said, there's actual haunted places that you go to and you look at. So I'm sure that helps when you're filming. Yeah. Uh, our latest film, uh, our latest short is a, a, a Stephen King dollar baby. Um, which oh, okay. is, yeah. He's if you don't know what that is, that's um, Stephen King offers up a select uh, amount of short uh, short stories he's done. Uh, it started off as a student program um, where you can actually have one of his short stories for a dollar. Um, oh, wow. But, yeah, but there's certain caveats to it. You can't make money off of it. You can't distribute it. You can submit it to film festivals. Um, and if the film festival has a cash prize, you can keep that. But you can't do a DVD of it. You can't digitally release it to make money off of it. But the idea is um, he he and he gets to see every movie made. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, that's kind of cool that Stephen King actually right. 
a movie that I'm in and that I, you know, produce too. Um, that's his work as well. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so we did a, a story called Uncle Lotto's Truck from Skeleton Crew. Um, and I was leaving um, a school talk I had done in Virginia and turned a corner. And I mean, this is my home county, but it's a road I didn't really travel much growing up. Turned a corner and saw the perfect house that we needed, that we'd been looking for. Mm -hmm. So just stone breaks, turned into the dirt road across the street, took pictures. Um, once I got back to where I had some signal, I sent them to Dan and said, what do you think about this? He said, that's perfect. How are you in my head? That's exactly what I want the house to look like. Um, within 15 minutes of putting it on Facebook, I knew who owned the house now, what the name of the house was, because it was built in the 1920s. It had a name. Um, where they lived, their address, their phone number, the tax value of the house, the, the coordinates of the house. It's that's just that small community. Just I needed information and everybody said, here, here's here's the information you need. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So we called technology. Them, yep. We called them <laughs> and and met with them. I didn't know them, but we had a lot of mutual acquaintances um, and so we filmed there and it just all kind of happened really quick and uh, really nice because we were, we were down to the last month before we were supposed to film and we didn't have a house or a truck. Um, right. And that was two key ingredients. Now, did you say you're still working on that one? No, it's done. Uh, it's done. We premiered it. We, uh, we run a, a horror film festival in Greensboro, North Carolina uh, called Wreak Havoc Horror Film Festival. Um, and it was September 21st and 22nd. We debuted it then. Um, so it's on the festival circuit now. Um, I like that name, Wreak Havoc. Yeah, that's Dan's yeah. idea. That's Dan's idea. That's a cool, that's a cool name. <laughs> it goes really well with the horror stuff. And we're trying to get, you know, we're trying to brand ourselves. So everything is our, our, our movie podcast is Wreak Havoc Film Buzz Podcast. It's Wreak Havoc Horror Film Festival. Whatever we do is Wreak Havoc. So I'm you know, fairly new to podcasting. So you also have a podcast. You said uh, the Wreak Havoc. Um, is it the Wreak Havoc Hollywood Horror Show? Is that what it's called for the podcast? Wreak Havoc Film Buffs. Wreak Havoc Film Buffs. Okay. And so are you covering mainly horror news or is it like a, you know, kind of a horror story type thing? What type of stuff are you doing on that show? No, actually, it's just movies. We 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 both really like movies in general, so we cover. Um, we go back and we talk about. We may talk about a past movie. We may talk about something that we've seen recently, uh, but we it's almost a mystery science theater kind of thing where we watch the movie and talk about it, um, but we don't really make fun of it. Um, okay. you know, try to give you trivia about it, or um, uh, I don't. We don't go in to the detail, you know, some movie makers, uh, and those podcasts go into the details of this was shot on a Canon, whatever, whatever, you know, and this is the technical angle and they give a lot of the technical aspects. I, I don't, I don't know technical, <laughs> particularly want to know technical. Um, Dan and I have our relationship. He's writer, director, um, he handles the technical side. I handle the, the entertainment side and the marketing side. So if I, I understand Pirates of the Caribbean has plot holes the size you could drive the Black Pearl through, 
but it entertained me. So that's, that's all that matters um, to me anyway. So that's, we, we talk about a lot of that stuff and I have a lot of stories. <laughs> so if you're going to choose a genre, I know there's like, you know, horror itself is one genre, but within horror, you've got so many different types of movies. Um, you know, you've got your campy, like really kind of cheesy old school type movies. Um, you still have people that produce those type of movies today. You've got some that are really serious, really a lot of great visual effects. Um, what, which do you prefer more? Do you prefer something that you can kind of, you know, that you know is, isn't real, that that's kind of, you know, fun, lighthearted? Or do you like, you know, the, the down and dirty, like dark horror stuff? Um, that's a good question. I don't know that I have an absolute favorite. Um, again, if it's entertaining, I like it. Um, and, but it's also, uh, there's been some, some recent movies that everybody has liked. Critics have adored. I I don't like, um, because it just didn't entertain me or uh, it may have been too highbrow for me. Did you see uh, speaking of that? Did you see the movie, the Babadook? So that was one that I felt I I haven't done it in a while, but me and a buddy we would get together and we would watch a few different horror movies. You know, get a couple beers on a Friday night, watch a couple movies, and so we would do different ones. Some would be campy, some would be really messed up. Um, we've done you know in the past we've done Cannibal Holocaust, we've done you know some of the old slasher films. Um, uh, but oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? I forgot where I was going. Oh yeah, the Babadook. So we went one night. We had heard great things about it, and we went and checked it out. And it was just we both thought it was super, super boring. That was one that everybody was talking about, and I just could not understand where the hype was coming from. We're we're of the we're of a like mind there. I don't uh, okay. Um, but I I didn't get it either. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it, again, it's one of those things where some people like Dan really liked it, and I think. Uh, we may have covered that on the podcast. If not, we discussed it um, uh, because we, it, you know, again, we're big movie people, and uh, we cover a lot of horror movies on our podcast um, because that's uh, that's both of our favorite genres. Um, but uh, I, at some point, we'd be the discussion. We've done a podcast on it, and he really liked it, and I'm just like, eh, you know, it's, yeah, it's okay. I guess it's a matter of perspective then. Everybody was talking about the witch and love yeah. witch and just how great that movie was. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. bored. <laughs> yeah. See that I thought was creepy. I mean, I didn't necessarily think it was terrifying. I, we watched the whole thing. I thought it was creepy from start to finish. It wasn't, you know, anything that I would watch again or, but you know, it, it was, it was cre- creepy, but I get what you're saying. It could be construed as boring. Um, Everybody has their their own perspective on things, which is why I think horror is great. Some people like those those really brutal, gory movies. Some people just like something that's like, all right, I know it's fake, killer clowns from outer space or something like that. Um, something that you can kind of watch on a Friday night with friends. So, I have a bunch of friends. Um, you know, there's there, in North Carolina is a pretty good horror community, and there's there's um, I got a buddy who runs a podcast called uh, Gruesome Magazine in Raleigh. Um, and they have, they have, they have their main show, their flagship show, and then they have one covering the '80s, one covering the '70s, one covering anything before that. 
and my best friend does uh, most of the decades um, uh, stuff. So we dis- we talk about movies a lot. We our big discussion is Motel Hell, um, which I love. Um, I actually have uh, an original movie poster for it. Uh, I actually have the original one sheet. Um, I love the movie. I love the campiness. I love the, and then we've got parts of our group. It's either a love it or hate it thing. And we have that discussion all the time. (laughs) April fool's day, the original, um, I love, uh, we're split 50, 50 on some people like, Oh my God, we just wasted all our time in a movie and they've had all these great kills and then it's not not real. That sucks. And I was like, I love it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of those, a lot of those too. Um, and we have those discussions all the time. So we also talked a little bit on messenger about, um, you said you are into cryptozoology and UFOs. So I'm assuming that you were just at the, the most recent raid on area 51. Is that <laughs> son? If I was in Vegas, it would not be at area 51. I have been to area 51. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, I have a, I had a friend, um, uh, who lived in Vegas and he was a retired air force guy. Um, and, Whenever we would, my wife loves Vegas. We go, I think we've been four times this year already. Um, so er, most every time I would go, he would come pick me up and take me somewhere where the locals would go. Um, and one year he, because he was retired air force, he took me out to area 51. I didn't get to go on base. Um, but I got to see, you know, the, the fabled area and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I I wasn't there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, it, it didn't look like it was anything to, it, it looked really anticlimactic, but, um, now as far as the cryptozoology and the UFO stuff, is that something that just kind of came from your, your love of horror? Or is that something that came from somewhere else? Is that something where, where did you get into that stuff? I, th- I mean, I think the love of horror had a lot to do with it, uh, but I saw a ghost at an early age. Um, okay. I was going to ask you, you said you had a personal ghost story. Is this that, that, that story? Yes. I had a, um, uh, when I was in elementary school, I had, we had a new family move into our area. Um, and they, the house they bought was built in the mid 1800s or something like that. Um, and they weren't, I don't know what they were. They weren't Amish or anything, um, but they, they didn't believe they didn't have power in their house. Um, they didn't have a TV, you know, and I grew up on TV. So to me, that was just foreign. Um, but they, they just lived a very basic kind of life. Um, and they had, uh, they were called the Fifers. Um, uh, Joe and I don't remember the mom's name. Um, but then they had three kids, an older boy, a girl my age and then a younger Joe, the younger Joe was just a couple years behind us. And I would go over and stay when I was seven, eight, something like that. Um, and stay on the weekends. And it was kind of cool to hang out over there where I wasn't inundated with TV and that kind of stuff. Um, because I was a guest, I did not have to go do chores. Everybody else had chores. Well, the first time I went over, they told me, uh, we have a ghost. I mean, just matter of factly. Um, and I was like, really, uh, you know, and I don't know that I really believed in it or anything, but they were like, yeah, her name is Elizabeth. Um, she was the, uh, the original mistress of the house. 
Um, we see her from time to time. She cleans up after us from time to time. She she moves stuff around. She said, so just don't get freaked out if you um, if she moves your stuff around or something. And I just I was looking at this adult female like she was crazy that you know that she actually believed. I mean, just matter of factly. So uh, the first weekend I stayed over there, nothing happened. A couple months later, I stayed over another weekend, and she, I woke up and my stuff was moved around. And Miss Pfeiffer said, "I didn't, I didn't move it." Said Elizabeth moved it, um, and she said, "It's you know, it's just right. It's just like she tidied up behind me." Um, so I thought Mrs. Pfeiffer was kind of yanking my chain. So a couple months later, uh, everybody else had went out to do chores, and I was downstairs sitting at. They had one of these long benches, like old school, old school farm tables that the whole family would eat at. Um, and I was sitting at it eating breakfast uh, and I'd got done and Miss Pfeiffer was standing at the, at the sink washing the dishes. And she said, well, go get changed and the kids will be done in a minute. Y'all can go play. And I went to go walk up the stairs and I saw a woman from about her waist up um, standing at the top of the stairs. And she was an older woman. She had an apron on. Uh, she had a hair pulled back in a bun uh, and I, I guess I gasped, um, and Miss Pfeiffer never even turned around. She said, "You saw her, didn't you?" And I said, <laughs> "By then, she had disappeared." Um, and it, I, it was just like a brief moment. And I said, "Yes." And she said, hey, "Yeah, she she doesn't hurt anybody. She's just nice most times." And the woman smiled at me and disappeared. Right. Um, and she, so I felt not threatened at all. Um, but I saw a half apparition uh, standing at the top of the steps. Uh, and remember it to this day. Um, was that your your only experience in that that house? Was or did, besides the you know the stuff being moved around and and seeing her after that? Was that the only and only thing that happened? We would hear doors shutting and stuff like that, just typical kind of like she was walking through rooms, you know, or something like that, uh, which you would figure a ghost wouldn't happen to open the door. But I, I don't. My personal feeling is that ghosts are impressions on uh, on our reality. It's almost like an energy thing that was yeah. she had done a billion times. You know, she had she had cleaned up after you, or she had went you know walked through that door to go do something. Um, so it's just habit for her to open the door instead of <laughs> what a ghost technically should be able to do is walk through it. So I, I think ghosts are more impressions on on time. Um, that that can kind of bleed over some. Um, yeah, I have on the last podcast I did it uh, was with a friend of mine who's got a, a film coming out, a horror film, and so he, some of the filming that he did was in an old abandoned mental institution in Massachusetts, and so he they wanted to get a real reaction from one of the actors, he said, and so he went up to go kind of scare one of them to to see if they could do to to get the shot in a dark place. And so he said he went up to go kind of scope it out and he was waiting and they were going to send somebody up in just a minute. So he said, as he was waiting, he took a picture and he said he took one picture with about 60% battery and his battery drained immediately. Um, and he's like, I kn he knew exactly what it was from. And so he said almost, a, you know, a couple minutes after that, he heard steps coming around the corner and he jumped out thinking it was the other person and nobody was there. He could still hear everybody outside and so he knew that was like his indicator is that his phone just went from, you know, 60% to zero from one photo. And then, you know, so 
uh, yeah, we just talked about that recently about energy and all that stuff. So it's good, funny that you bring that up. We do. My wife's kind of into it too, um, especially the the realer stuff. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's uh, so we do ghost walks wherever we go. Um, we do. We went to the USS North Carolina battleship, um, which is famously haunted, um, and did an overnight paranormal investigation. And um, uh, we, we've discussed going to Waverly Hills and some other Trans Alleghenies fairly close to us. Um, so we had discussed doing that, doing that kind of stuff. We watched, you know, some, I don't do ghost adventures or I, initially I watched some of that stuff, but then it's just the same. Right. And it's hard because you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's, it's, it, there's definitely instances where there's real stuff happening, but I'm part of a lot of groups on social media and stuff. And the people just post the, you know, here's a picture of my my cat do you see a ghost in the background and it's you know a little fleck of dust or something and it's it's just kind of like okay there's there's certain things that are, are going to be real and there's certain things that you can you can say say that's happened to you, you know, i told a, a short story last on the last show i'll tell real quick again i've only had one experience you know paranormal where i was in a room with another person it was a female nobody else in the house and between us we heard a distinct male voice from in between us we both turned around looked at each other she initially thought it was me it was not me i didn't i knew it wasn't her because it was a male voice and so that's been my only experience so i'm not saying that i know for a fact if that was something you know a paranormal experience but i know that that's what happened to me whereas a lot of people will say here's this this is this is definitely a ghost and so I think people need to kind of take pump their brakes sometimes. And so it is entertaining a lot of times, but a lot of times, you know, you do have a lot of people just putting stuff up that's fake. And so they see, yeah. they see too much. They, everybody, I think there's a lot of people that want to believe a lot. Right. And, and, uh, you know, good for them. Uh, I've got, I actually got a friend who does sound who works for one of the YouTube uh uh, paranormal investigating teams and I right. love doing stuff like that. So, and we heard some right. stuff on the, on the North Carolina that was, I don't know that was particularly, uh, explainable, but when you get in a group like that, there's people that see stuff everywhere. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you want to find cool stuff and you want to find stuff that's, that's, you know, compelling and, and that's actual evidence. And, but it's just, you got to really sift through it and there's so much. And it used to be, you know, you could find a few cool clips on YouTube, but now everybody's got a YouTube channel. And, um, I mean, the real ones are the, you know, the ones that seem more, more realistic and stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times it's still, you can find out later that it was just all a YouTube, you know, scam or something, but it's, you know, I take it with a grain of salt, but it is all entertaining and it is, um, it is cool, you know, so say what you will about it. Funny enough, my mom's house is haunted. Um, yeah. By her cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's, you know, it's, I've always believed in ghosts because of seeing uh, Elizabeth, uh, the, the ghost, back way back when I was young. Right. But uh, my mom had a cat named Zappa. Uh, and Zappa okay. would be 16 or so. Um, and I will be sitting at my mom's house playing cards. Um, and I'll see him out of the corner of my eye just run up the stairs just like he always did. <laughs> uh, and then one night I worked the haunted house and they live about halfway between my house and I drive about an hour, uh, to work at the house at the haunted house. So they live about halfway between. So some nights I go to their house 
go to my mom's house and stay. Um, especially if we're on a, a lot of day run, you know, where some days we'll work 18 days straight. Um, so I went to the house one night and, and went up and got in bed. Um, and this was probably, Zap had probably been dead a year. Um, and laid down in the bed and I felt him jump up on the bed and curl up at my feet like he always did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it, it, it was kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I pictured a ghost cat as like a ghost cat is just ignoring you and just like being, you know, being indifferent to you. And, but no, it actually, they're more friendly when they're dead. <laughs> sure. He was probably still indifferent to me, but he was like, Hey, you're sleeping <laughs> in my bed. I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I see him um, out of my eye all the time. Say that again. I see him out of the corner of my eye all the oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, right. right. Just, just well, yeah, I mean, I mean, animals are energy as well. You know, I mean, I don't see why not. Um, and then as far as so, I think we got sidetracked a little bit as far as the cryptozoology stuff goes. Um, Ghost instead. Yeah. So cryptozoology, if I'm not mistaken, I don't. I'm, that's like Bigfoot and like you know, like mythical animals and creatures and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Bigfoot's the 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 biggie. Uh, you know, it, that's big out here in the Pacific Northwest. You see Bigfoot stuff everywhere. Well, it's pretty big here too, and we've we've had a recent uh, rash of sightings in Uwari National Park, which is just a little south of us. Um, it's, it's been in the local papers and, um, the mountains, you know, the Appalachian mountains get quite a bit. Um, so cryptozoology kind of covers, um, uh, Bigfoot and it's, it's all its cousins, the skunk ape in Florida and, uh, the Yeti in Nepal and, um, uh, all, I mean, there's all sorts of different kinds of those. It also covers stuff like the Mothman uh, in Pennsylvania, the chupacabra along the uh, the the southern southern border. Um, uh, some of that stuff I don't believe, I don't necessarily necessarily believe in. Uh, the Jersey Devil, I don't know that. Uh, I think a lot of those things are just, especially like the chupacabra is just like some diseased dog or <laughs> mange, coyote with mange. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> Bigfoot's a little different. Um, uh, I, I'm, it's kind of weird that there's been so much stuff that's happened. Um, and you know, the the big the big beef is, well, why has nobody ever found a body? Man, all you got to do is fly across this country one time, and you see how much is not covered. I mean, everybody, you know, a city's huge. Even New York City, as big as that place is, it's also surrounded by New York State, which my wife's originally from Syracuse. There is tons of just places nobody's ever been, you know, all these woods and areas that, uh, you know, there's so much of the the North American peninsula that's not not been covered or never seen, never had a, a human being step foot in. Uh, let alone anything else. So my opinion of that is kind of like UFOs. It's awfully egotistical of us to think that we're the only things around, right? uh, which is a typical human trait. um, But still it, you know, may not necessarily find a body because most animals, uh, if living in the South, we have dog rural, you know, um, uh, feral cats. We have feral dogs. You don't always find them, their bodies either. 
You know, yeah. they, they, when they get ready to die, they just kind of wander off into the woods and you never see them again. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just because we hadn't found one doesn't mean there ain't one there. Yeah. I worry more about what's in the ocean. You know, the ocean's more vast than <laughs> what type of creatures are living there. That my, my fear is drowning. Um, yeah. I, I can't swim. Um, and uh, I don't particularly like you know, our coast, the ocean is kind of flat and kind of just tapers off. You go to Hawaii, you go out 10 foot and it just drops off a sheer cliff, you know. Mm-hmm. So that stuff petrifies me anyway. But yeah, <laughs> there, there's some creepy stuff out there too. Have you ever heard of the Bridgewater Triangle? Uh, it's not, not in the ocean. ocean. It's, it's, it's like it's in somewhere, but I, I don't, I didn't, must not retain it or something. I just kind of skimmed over. Uh, I'm originally from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, there's three points in the state that intersect um, at three different points. So they call it the Bridgewater Triangle. I forget where the three parts are, but it's basically old swamp, Hockamock Swamp. It's old native swamp lands. And there's all types. There's a few documentaries and stuff on YouTube, um, but there's all types of uh, spottings. There's Bigfoot spottings. There's paranormal spottings, UFO sightings. Um, all types of wild stuff that that goes on there. I've never been there. I've, I, I've it's really close to where I grew up, one of the points, and I we've never gone into the actual swamp there. I probably should have at some point, but it's really it's really like it's swampy. It's it's hard to get. It's easy to get lost if you don't know what you're doing. So that's part of the reason we've never gone out there. But if you're into that type of stuff, you should check out the Bridgewater Triangle. A lot of wild wild stuff supposedly has gone on there. We have discussed several times doing a Bigfoot movie, and I think at some point we're going to do one. Um, and about an hour, maybe two hours from here, uh, is a town called Marion, North Carolina, and they have a Bigfoot festival every year. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, in September. So uh, at some point we'll probably go up there and and uh, and do some filming and and just of the, of the general town and how they handled this this bigfoot festival I, i'm curious to see it and see how it goes and um again we've had a big influx of sightings around here recently oh nice and we have so, really good conventions around here that kind of cover that stuff too um, right yeah and you said you're um like north carolina area yeah i'm nice. right smack dab in the middle of the state pretty much so a lot of woods and stuff there oh yeah 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 Okay. And it uh, places for Bigfoot to hide out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a national park just South of us. Um, then from my area North to up into Southern Virginia is just all wooded. Um, yeah, there's tons of it. And what about UFO sightings out there? Uh, no, we don't have a lot of those out here, but I've always been intrigued by them. Um, I I'm sure there's probably been some, but I can't, uh, I can't really pinpoint any specific stories, um, but it, that's to me that is the most realistic pain that um, oh yeah that we deal with that that in, in this in this kind of horror sci-fi genre. Um, I, I think that is probably the thing that's that will end up being true at some point. Uh, again, I think it's awfully egotistical of us to right. think that we're, of, at a, the b- 
billions of planets there are out there that we're the only one inhabited. Um, yeah. That, I think I saw a news article like two weeks ago or something where they found, they've actually found a planet with an atmosphere and uh, that that's almost exactly like Earth. Uh, right. Yeah. So. Well, they just had, uh, I know Joe Rogan just had some, I think he was at some, commander or something from the military i haven't gotten a chance to listen to the podcast but where he supposedly has some credible evidence of ufos and because i know the navy was was reporting sightings recently so i was probably going to watch that today um after we get done here while i'm doing some stuff um so what got you into ufos then i'm i'm uh, okay uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Go, go ahead. You can finish. finish what you're I was to say I'm prepping for a journey tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to the set of the new Halloween movie tomorrow to be a background extra. Oh, nice. nice! They're doing another like the to build off the one that just came out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Halloween Kills and Hall- they're doing filming both back to back. Oh, nice! Halloween Kills and I don't remember what the, it's Halloween something. We'll have to look out for you. Yeah, they're they're doing. I'll I'll try to let you know where where I end up at. I'm I'm supposed to be just in the hospital, um, so I don't know if I'm just going to be a you know a patron or I'm going to end up being a crazy person in that kind of hospital or what. But yeah, that's I, I just got the email yesterday. Um, oh, so nice. I'm trying to prep everything so I can go down there tomorrow. Do you know much about like is it because I know they did with that last Halloween it was almost like a direct sequel to the original Halloween they just kind of ignored the yeah, other films. films and... Curtis is on set for this one, so I assume it's just going to be a direct sequel. Like, like a direct sequel. sequel. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Those movies I watched those movies when I was really young. I was at daycare and they had uh, they the daycare provider's husband had all those old horror movies so i just went through them like on the days when i was yeah i was like a kid i would just sit there and watch i was probably too young to watch them but now i mean i still watch them as an adult so i'm not and i'm not too messed up i mean a little bit but so <laughs> um ufo question uh i think they, they used to the 70s used to be really big for um uh, ripley's believe it or not was a big thing uh for whatever reason, TV and books. Uh, we used to, I used to get these little books that were that were about this size. And they were paperbacks, and they were in our scholastic stuff. Um, and it was it was Ripley's Believe It or Not presents something. Um, and it would you would open it up, and it would be stories about dinosaurs. It'd be stories about um, uh, African headhunters. There would be stories, and and a lot of the stories would be about UFOs and and cryptozoology stuff. Um, so I think that kind of that's where I got that interest at, um, and it's all kind of an offshoot for horrors in general. So um, yeah, yeah. Once once that starts start crossing over with Alien and the and the Thing, especially, yeah, it's um, my my funny story. My youngest daughter um, is worked for FEMA. Um, and, but at the time she was in college and she was, she was majoring in anthropology and minoring in religion and history. Um, and we went to see, I've got a buddy who owns a movie theater. So we got to see the first Avengers like a day early. He called, yeah, he called and said, Hey, we've got, we've got Avengers. It's unlocked. Um, we can actually play it. Come on. You know, we're showing it to the 
to the employees and, and just close personal friends. So we went and we're uh, at the beginning of the Avengers was a trailer for Prometheus. Um, oh. So yeah, we're sitting there and, and the, there's the shot of the woman walking into the big cavern and all the pods are up out of the ground, which you don't know that they're pods. And, and um, uh, as she's walking in that spacesuit, Morgan leans over to me and she goes, that's what I want to do. And I said, oh, so you want to be like a Lara Croft Tomb Raider kind of thing? And she said, yes. And she's been to Belize and studied Mayan ruins and all this kind of stuff. So then when the woman goes over and touches that pod and it opens up and that alien comes out, she looks at me and she goes, I don't want to find that. I don't want to find that. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to find. Is fear, fear. <laughs> I, I tell her, I, I call her Lara Croft all the time because I thought she wants to be a Tomb Raider. She just... There's not a lot of money in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Treasure Hunter. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, as we start to get wrapping it up, is there any, uh, you know, do you have any other personal stories that's that experiences that you want to share or anything else that you want to plug before you go? I know we kind of talked about the podcast. We've talked about some of your films, um, but is there anything else that uh, you'd like to talk about before we finish up? Oh man, I could, I, again, I'm a storyteller. I could sit here and tell stories all day long, um, from, from rural areas to, to, to urban areas to, uh, just, I, I'm all about experiences. Um, do you, you never know what you're going to like until you try different stuff. Um, so, uh, the, one of the, one of my big passion projects isn't technically horror, um, but it's a thing called Sammy the Comic Book Man. Um, and I go around to elementary schools, middle schools, libraries, pretty much anybody that'll have me. And I just do a talk encouraging reading um, and specifically comic books. Um, but I'll, I'll go in and I'll show them how a comic book is made. Um, I do a segment on real history in comic books and um, uh uh, females in, in comic books because there's a big influx of writers and artists that are females that are in comics. Um, but I also do a section on band comics um, where I tell the story of comics and EC comics and all those horror comics almost getting banned. Uh, and the reason they went from comic book size to magazine size um, and kind of tell that story. So I always try to incorporate some horror stuff into it. Um, what got me into reading, which with the Stephen King stuff. Are you able to tell that? Do you have a second to tell that story? I don't, that's, I'm not familiar with the, with, with that, with the. Oh, with the band comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, in the early fifties, uh, a doctor named Frederick Wortham, um, who I just found out recently was also a psychologist who worked with some uh, early twenties, uh, uh, early uh, 1920s and 1930s serial killers. Um, but anyway, uh, a doctor named uh, Frederick Wortham wrote a book called The Seduction of the Innocent. And in that book, he pretty much blamed uh, hoodlums and, uh, you know, that 50s stereotype kid uh, on comic books. Um, so that's where the Comics Code Authority came. So if you if back in the uh, 70s, 80s, 90s, if you looked at a comic book, there was a little stamp on it that said the Comics Code Authority. And basically, every comic book that was made had to be submitted to them for passing. Um, the Comics Code Authority said you cannot have a book that says fear, 
dead, uh, horror, evil, uh, crime. Um, I don't know. There's a whole list of words that they could not put on the cover. Um, and this is all stemming from a book called Crime, Sus- Crime Suspense Stories, number 22, um, which had a, a guy holding a woman's severed head on the cover with an axe. Um, it's very, I mean, it's a brutal looking book, uh, but it was cool. Um, so the Frederick Wortham, you know, said that we're corrupting our kids. Um, and uh, Tales from the Crypt had just kind of started and was doing really good. Well, uh, William Gaines, the publisher of EC Comics, when they developed the Comics Code Authority, he said, okay, well, if y'all are going to do that, then I'm just going to take that little bitty comic book and make it magazine size. And the Comics Code Authority can no longer regulate. Uh, That's the reason cre- uh, Creepy and Eerie and Tales from the Crypt all became those bigger size comics. Or I magazines. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and it was all because they this Frederick Wortham guy was trying to get all them banned. Um, mm-hmm. Even like Superman and stuff. He was trying to get them all banned. All all comic comic books. Books. Yeah. So the comics, the comics all got together and created this Comics Code Authority um, to kind of to kind of, you know, keep themselves in business. But William Gaines was like, screw y'all, I'm still going to make horror comics and I'll just make a magazine size. Nice. Uh, known by, because he was the distributor of Mad Magazine. Oh, uh, okay. So he started He started off, I think he started off with, with early Marvel stuff, or, or timely, before Marvel became a thing. Um, so okay. a little bit of comics so- history. <laughs> <laughs> no that's we i we do we talk about comic books on here this i'm doing a like you know a couple uh, horror themed episodes for the month of october um so i guess so with that being said do you want to tell do you have time for a quick scary story do you, you said you have a few different stories you have one that's a creepy story that you want to share before we wrap it up good creepy story um okay well I, i'll tell this the the creasy chapel story um okay okay when we were, I was probably 15 or so. So, you know, we were all teenagers. I hung out with some older guys and it was eighties. We were kind of into rock and roll and, 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 you know, getting wild. I mean, it was the eighties. It's a wonder any of us survived it. Um, but, uh, one Halloween night, we decided we were going to go down to, uh, this crazy chapel house, which is local legendary house. Um, up the road was supposedly Satan worshipers. Um, I, that's possible, um, uh, because I know the people, uh, their, their kids live there now. And Bobby, uh, does a internet horror show. He's one of those internet horror hosts. That's where all those guys have went to is the internet now. All right. Ben Gooley and Elvira and all them are now on the internet. Well, Bobby does that. Uh, and they have a store there called Gothic charm. So it's possible that his parents were site worshipers. I don't know. I never asked. But all of this is in the same area. So Halloween night comes, we're decided we're gonna we're gonna go down to Creasy Chapel to the house. So um, we we park up at the top of the hill and it's kind of in a valley, um, a little shallow valley, but it's in a valley. So we park at the top of the hill and um, when we parked, it's literally I can see the moon. I remember getting out of the car and looking up and seeing the moon. Uh, some clouds, but I, you know, it was there. The more we walked down the hill, the more the wind picked up, the darker it got. 
Mm. Um, by the time we got to the bottom of the hill, it was actually raining. And I mean, we're not talking about a great big hill. We're just talking about just, I mean, it was less than a quarter mile from top of this hill to the top of this hill and the house set in the valley. Um, so as we go down the hill and there's like eight of us or so, uh, we go down the hill and we stop in front of this house that's deserted. It's dark. There's no street lights. There's no lamps. There's no, there's nothing. I mean, the wind is blowing so hard. It's about to knock us over. Um, so, you know, we're all standing out there hollering at each other cause now we can't hear each other cause the wind's blowing and the trees are shaking and, and, uh, you know, it's raining like crazy all of a sudden and we're all getting soaked, which none of us had planned on cause it wasn't raining. Um, and somebody walked over towards the house and something banged. It could have been the wind blowing something over. It could have been anything, but you saw eight teenage boys take off running back. <laughs> we get back to the top of the hill. I look up and you see the moon. It stopped raining. The wind stopped blowing. Um, the whole, it, the whole thing, the whole out, the, the nature itself changed from the time we got to the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill and back up to the top of the hill. Uh, I have no, you know, it's just kind of one of those weird, creepy stories. Why us? Why that day? Why, you know, or was it somebody trying to tell us, stay the hell away from this house? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, you, y'all don't need to be mucking around with this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just a creepy little story for a little rural town. Um, no, that was really creepy. Yeah. I, it is. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but it, whatever, for whatever that that night at that time somebody wanted to try to creep mother nature tried to creep us out (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like a combination of the the house the the weather and just being teenagers yeah 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 and it's all you know sometimes that's that's all circumstance and that counts (laughs) if you ever get a chance and you're in savannah georgia go on their ghost tour um i don't know it's it on but there is a house there called the Black House um, that literally nobody will live in. Um, uh, the The Savannah School of Art and Design actually bought it and was going to turn it into a dorm room and they uh, to a dormitory. Um, and the kids stayed in there for like uh, two weeks, and everybody left. Nobody will stay nobody in there. Stay in uh, yeah, and, and they tell the they tell the story of why and all the the horrors that went on there and that kind of stuff. Um, but you, it's beautiful Savannah and these beautiful sectioned off areas of Savannah. And then in the middle of it is just this house that's completely black. Um, it's just the creepiest thing. Um, yeah. I'll have to check that out if I'm ever there. That sounds worth a trip to Savannah. Yeah. The, the stories behind the house are really good. Um, uh, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I saw a ghost dog in Southport on top of a tombstone. Oh, nice. well sammy we'll have to do this again sometimes thanks for coming on uh where can people find you on social media uh i'm pretty uh i'm pretty out i'm just everything sammy castle at sammy castle my instagram uh my twitter my facebook uh and it's spelled s-a-m-m-i-e-c-a-s-s-e-l-l um, you can find uh, us at recavicproductions.com. 
Um, we have a Facebook page um, covers Hank vs. Dracula, Hank vs. the Undead, um, uh, Dark Heat, Uncle Otto's Truck, which is our new um, short film that'll be, we're submitting it to film festivals now. So far, we're two for two. Um, it's a beautifully shot movie. We, we got a cinematographer that's great. Um, and awesome. it's, it's, yeah, it's really good. I get to make an appearance in that. So Stephen King actually get he, he hears me do a bad Southern Maine accent. <laughs> <laughs> Check Sammy the comic book man on Facebook. Um, uh, and the original Hollywood horror show. If you're in North Carolina, come, come down and, and, and get scared on the weekends. I play the host, um, which is a character out front that's, uh, in a ringmaster's costume. And I have a skull, uh, look to me and uh, I'm six two and you, and I have three inch platforms and then you put a top hat on me. I'm a pretty good sized guy <laughs> wandering around. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's the season for that. So oh, it's, and it's finally getting cool down here. Um, it's been hot, um, but uh, this past weekend was cool and we were busy. It's it's been a good year to to scare people. Sweet. So if any of our listeners are out there, go check out that uh, the Holly, original Hollywood horror show. And that's in, where is that in North Carolina? Snow Camp, North Carolina. Say that one more time. Snow Camp. Snow, Snow Camp. Camp. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, s- it's that accent, isn't it? <laughs> no, it cut out. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that it, it got recorded on there. I didn't know if it cut out on your end real quick. So I just wanted to make sure that, that they go, they heard it if there's any listeners that wanted to check it out. So. And thanks for having me. I, as you can tell, I love to talk. I love, I love to tell stories. I think we're the younger generations are losing imagination and storytelling a lot. Um, so I try to keep that stuff going as much as possible. Nice. We'll have to have you on to tell some stories at some point again. Uh, and wreak havoc film bus podcast. Uh, oh, and we have a podcast called Carolina Hanks. Okay. What's that about? It's uh, local legends and lore. Um, whether nice. it's Bigfoot or, uh, I think our current episode, we're in the third season. Our current episode is about, uh, Blackbeard, uh, and the pirates of Bath County, uh, uh, down on the coast. Um, I don't, I, I, all I do is executive produce it. I don't have a lot to do with it. Dan hosts it. We got another guy that writes it. Um, but it's all, have you ever heard of lore? Um, the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar, familiar with it. I don't, I don't know, know if I've actually listened, listened to it. Local, local versions of uh, lore. Local um, yeah, okay. Some Brownsville lights kind of stuff going on down here. And we're in the South. Oh, that's cool. It's a kind of creepy period. It's cool because it's like specific to, to your, to you and your location. So not everybody's going to, you know, going to know that. So that's really cool. That's some good stuff. All right, Samuel, thanks for coming on and I'll, um, I'll reach out to you. I'm going to jump off the, the, the call here and then I'll, I'll send you some info via messenger and stuff with the email to send the recording to, and then I'll let you know when this is going to air and everybody else. I'll talk to you next week. Sammy, thanks for coming on. Sammy Castle. Appreciate it. Later, man. All right. Thanks for tuning in once again to the Itty Bitty Podcast. We'll be back next week with a special two-part episode. Um, So part one will be next week, and then we'll finish up October with the ending. So we've got a special fantasy horror um, Dungeons & Dragons type episode. So we'll be teasing that a little bit up until then. Um, So if you're into that type of stuff, it'll be a great way to finish up the Halloween month. As always, check us out on Instagram. Um, itty bitty podcast twitter at itty bitty pcast facebook itty bitty podcast just look us up on that itty bitty podcast.com 
um, for, and check us out there. There's also the email, Perry at Itty Bitty Podcast. So you can send us in your emails. Tell us what you think of the show. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll be back again next week. Peace. <laughs>